0: geico 15 minutes could save you 15 percent or more on the
3: next episode of sip suds and smokes our smoke segments are all about cigars and well basically anything that smokes not what you're thinking barter today Uh, this is our cigar 101 (laughs) episode so we're going to get to cover some brief history terminology like what is the foot um you know shapes smoking etiquette and basic styles of cigars we have a lot of material so pay attention everyone
2: Good morning, class.
0: Class.
3: Well, good old boy Barker is going to tell us uh, actually what cigars we're going to talk about during today's episode.
2: So today we're going to talk about the Macanito Cafe, the CAO Gold Vintage, the Five Vegas Gold, Camacho Connecticut Robusto, and the Oliva Series G.
0: We'll be right back after this break. Hey man got a light it's time for smokes
3: hey welcome to this smokes episode where everything good in life is worth discussing i am one of your hosts here today that ushers the best thing on at 2 a.m i'm good boy mike joining me here at the table is good boy nathan how's it going and good boy barger how you doing and good boy justin hey mike Well, our smoke segments are all about cigars and, well, basically anything that smokes, not what you're thinking, Barger, today. Uh, This is our Cigar 101 (laughs) episode. So we're going to get to cover some brief history, terminology, like what is the foot? Um, You know, shapes, smoking etiquette, and basic styles of cigars. We have a lot of material, so pay attention, everyone.
2: Good morning, class.
3: Class. (laughs) Listen, if you don't know what that's from, ask your father. (laughs) He should know.
2: (laughs) Or your uncle. Well, good old boy (laughs) (laughs) Barber is going to
3: tell us uh, actually what cigars we're going to talk about during today's episode.
2: So today we're going to talk about the Macanudo Cafe, the CAO Gold Vintage, the Five Vegas Gold, Camacho Connecticut Robusto. And the Oliva Series G.
3: So Nathan is our newbie here, and Nathan, uh, we our newbies get the honor of going over our smokes ratings. Oh, yes. you know, When we do this, so you know we want to challenge you uh, to use your favorite, you know, Vegas lounge singer accent. Here's some inspiration. <laughs> All right, everybody. Here he is appearing every Monday and Wednesday here at the lounge at 8 p.m. <laughs> All
0: right. So for our smokes ratings, we got uh, number one. This sucked before it was lit. <coughs> <laughs> That's accurate. And number two, we have a uh, do you really have to light it three times? <coughs> and lastly, at number three, this one's for the ladies. It's very nice, now just go away, so I can enjoy this.
3: Thank you, lounge singer Nathan. (laughs) Here all week, baby. (laughs) Well, uh, I'm gonna go over a little bit of uh, history, actually a lot of history in a very short period of time, so definitely hang on to uh, your knickers for this one. So, tobacco was widely diffused among all the indigenous people of the islands of the Caribbean. So the Spanish explorer Christopher Columbus is generally credited with the introduction of introducing tobacco to Europe. And during his 1492 uh, journey, three of his crewmen are said to have encountered tobacco for the first time on the island of Hispaniola, where the natives presented the dry leaves and it uh, spread to a particular fragrance. His uh, sailors reported to the Tainos on the island of Cuba smoked a primitive form of cigar, which was actually twisted with dried tobacco leaves and then rolled in other leaves, such as palm or plantain. That would actually taste horrible. So in time, Spanish and other European sailors adopted the practice of smoking rolls of leaves as did the conquistadors. I think that's why they were so pissed off. Probably. Smoking primitive (laughs) cigars spread to Spain and Portugal and eventually to France. That's why they conquered those countries, because they were smoking crappy cigars. That was it. Most (laughs) probably. So I think one of the most notable people is actually Jean Nicot, the French ambassador to Portugal, who gave his name to the word nicotine. There you go. You've learned your first completely useless fact through this. (laughs) Uh, later, tobacco use was spread to Italy, and then Sir Walter Raleigh voyages America to Britain. Smoking became f- uh, familiar throughout Europe and in pipes in Britain, and by the mid-16th century, Spanish cultivation of tobacco began in earnest in 1531 off the island of Santo Domingo. And in 1542, tobacco actually started to be grown commercially in North America, where the Spaniards established the first cigar factory in Cuba. Tobacco was originally thought to have medicinal qualities, so, uh, but some actually considered it evil. And, of course, the crown steps in and denounces, off with his head if he's enjoying the cigar, says <laughs> Philip II of Spain That's and right. James I of England. So he actually said that in Espanol, but I like my accent better. So don't, <laughs> don't butcher Spanish
2: here.: <laughs> Around 15, I'll go
3: blow it all right,. Give it here. A try. <laughs> Around 1592, the Spanish galleon San Clemente brought 50 kilos of tobacco seed to the Philippines over the Acapulco Manila trade route. It was distributed among the Roman Catholic missionaries who found excellent climates and soil for growing high-quality tobacco there. The use of the cigar did not become popular until the 18th century. And although there were a few drawings from this era, there were some reports uh, that that's when they first found out about it. So, that's right. If you've uh, been keeping track of all things that originated with the church, it's all the good stuff, baby. God be (laughs) praised. (laughs) Like wine and gin and beer and now cigars. Ah, thank you very much to the church for bringing it home to us. Holy smokes. (laughs) Holy smokes. So in the uh, Seven Wars, um, it is believed that Israel Putnam brought back a cache of Havana cigars, making cigar smoking popular in the U.S. and with the American Revolution. And he also brought Cuban tobacco seeds, which he planted in the Hartford area of the New England. And this is where the the shade-grown Connecticut wrapper was born, Mm -hmm. which brings us to our first cigar, which is the Camacho from Davidoff is the first cigar we were going to talk about. You guys have all had this great cigar, color stick, very uh um right on target for what Connecticut um, leaf uh, is like. It's kind of creamy, incredibly mild.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, a lot of people uh, like it just because it looks like a cigar, you know. Yeah, um, oh, yeah. it you know has that light brown color, and you know right off that um, a lot of people equate the body of a cigar to the color of the wrapper. Nothing could be, you know, closer, further, further from the truth. Further from the truth. Um, but it does mean that uh, you're probably going to have a really good cigar, if, definitely if you're picking up the Camacho. Um, so uh, our smokes rating here for that Camacho is going to be a three. <coughs> so definitely go check one of those out. Well, toward the ends of the 18th century and the 19th century, cigar smoking was common where cigarettes were comparatively rare. And in the 20th century, Rudyard Kipling actually wrote his famous smoking poem, The Betrothed. Wow, that's a complete snoozer if you want to check that out. In New York, cigars were actually made by rollers working in their homes. Hey, Annie, I'm going to go in the back and work. Um, It was reported that... If you don't mind. Is is the gin out of the tub yet? Uh, So... (laughs) reported that in 1883 cigars <laughs> were being manufactured at 127 different apartment homes in new york Employing almost two thousand different families and about eight thousand individuals.
2: Yeah, could you imagine? Little Timmy, go get me some more tobacco. Right. Uh, so
3: <laughs> I'm hurrying, Mum. <laughs> <laughs> a state statue actually banning the practice passed late that year by the urging of the trade union. We love the unions. They just come in and crush us and we say they have suppressed our wages. We are oppressed people. Um, so actually it was ruled unconstitutional less than four months later. after that, There you go. How about that? Yeah. Free trade. Nope. Not free. Yeah. It was free. I'm sorry. Have you lost track of this? The industry would actually relocate it to Brooklyn, uh, after places and onto Long Island, um, where the law was still in effect, but then it actually returned to New York. So I actually got to see some of the remnants of all this, uh, All of this activity in New York City um, is at a place called Martinez, which is on the corner of 29th and 7th Avenue. So I was actually staying in the Flower District, and I kind of had this habit of kind of walking down the block each day and picking up some espresso and some breakfast. And you'd be right there looking through the window, and you'd get to see hand rollers at 7 a.m. They were working so fast. I've never seen hands move that fast. Lightning hands. Um, and they have you know these the common stations that they have you know they've been using for probably three or four hundred years at least, mm-hmm. and really um just such a phonetic pace, but really a uh, fun to watch and you really you know enjoy the artistry of what they're doing there as well. so um, definitely if you get a chance to uh, swing by and there are some other places in the country,
2: yeah, there's Ebor City in uh Florida. Right outside of Tampa. It's wonderful. They got a whole new district down there that they've, well, it's not new, it's old, but they're really bringing it up. But there's three or four cigar manufacturers right there that just make them right there on the street
0: and you watch them through the it's window. It's cool. It's almost every uh, shop you can walk into. Yeah. It's 10 year stuff. It's pretty yeah, neat. It's actually. awesome. At Zenny, we believe everyone deserves access to high-quality, affordable eyewear. That's why we offer stylish prescription glasses for men, women, and kids starting at just six ninety five. Our online factory direct model cuts out the metal men, so you save. At Zenni, you get the same quality frame and lens options that you'd get from an optician for one-tenth of the price, including blue blockers, progressives, prescription sunglasses, and more. The best part? Try on any frame, anywhere, with our 3D virtual try-on. Zenni.com. Eyewear for everyone.
3: At Northern Tool, we've been powering your projects for 40 years. 40 years of drilling, welding, splitting, hammering, and whatever else you need to get the toughest jobs
1: done. 40 years of world-class service, top-notch brands, and quality tools.
0: Here's to 40 more. Stop in today and save big on anniversary specials and 40-cent deals. Sign up in-store to be one of 40 winners for our weekly prize giveaways,
2: now through June 28th.
1: Northern Tool and Equipment. Quality tools for serious work.
0: That was there about a month ago. Well, like you in Cuba.
3: At an event, uh, you know, um, where they're doing hand-rolled cigars, cool, watch it, but then don't smoke the cigar don't there. Don't smoke them. Yeah, they're so bad. Um, and that's not an indication of the products that they're using. It's that uh, you want to let the cigars age um, for a certain period of time, and, and depending on the... The binder, the filler, and the wrapper usually has some determination, yeah. you know, specifically about, you know, the time to age. But if one somebody fires those up at an event, just walk to the other side of the yeah. room. You what will makes, not enjoy standing next to them.
2: What makes it rough for me is when people smoke them because, you know, when they bring them in like that, it's it's a binder and filler, and, and they wrap it for you right there. So the wrappers are all wet, and it's all just – it just smells horrible. <laughs> it does. <It's>, yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're not ready to rock. No.
3: yeah. But uh, definitely as a spectator sport, you know, uh, for sure. Well, a couple other things really quick before our uh, break here. So there were almost, uh, in the turn of the century in 1905, there were almost 80,000 scar-making operations in the U.S. And some of them were actually small, um, where they rolled and sold them immediately. They didn't even age them out, as we're just talking about. But then, you know, as uh, those those particular distribution points actually you know, modified and changed, that landscape was dramatically altered. Yep. So we'll talk about a uh, little bit about machine-made cigars right after the break. Hey, welcome back to Sip, Suds, and Smokes. And on today's episode, we are talking about Cigars 101, and we're going through um, four or five cigars that we thought were kind of good examples of some cigars you should check out. So, I was talking a little bit about the history of cigars, and we were at the point where um, in 1905, you know, kind of this uh, industrial age element was kind of settling in for cigars, where, you know, machine made um, cigars were kind of settling in. And so, what happened is, is that, you know, a lot of the people that were doing hand rolled in uh, both in country, um, you know, as well as shipping them and exporting them out the machine started to displace, you know, a very large workforce. I mean, you know, we're probably talking, Mm -hmm. I don't know uh, how many people at the time, but I'm guessing a quarter, probably a quarter million, you know, globally, 250,000 people were probably rolling cigars, you know, around that period of time. So, you know, there's this kind of contention Mm -hmm. that's been going on, especially since the 1990s when really the tipping point and the vast majority of cigars probably by, you know, the – uh, late '80s and '90s were made, you know, by machine, and yeah. you know, a lot of people were creeping in and going, "Oh, well, these aren't like you know, I used to enjoy them." Yeah, so Barger's shaking his head, you know, about that, and, and, you know, I'm I have the same reaction, which is. I remember a lot of hand-rolled cigars that sucked, you know. They've come a long way, though. Yeah. You know, the, the draws were off and the construction, uh, you know, consistency was all over the place. And, you know, it would canoe on me all the time or, you know, it just, you know, I'd have a, a burn line that looked like, you know, the Leaning Tower of Pisa. <laughs> yeah. You know, it was just was not good. Um, so, I don't miss those days. Um, yeah, I mean, do I enjoy hand-rolled cigars still? Absolutely, I do. But I think probably when I look at the measure of consistency of quality of machine made, uh, I have to say that I think it's a better consumer experience. I, I mean, disagree. Really? Oh, wow. Well. You think that it, it's a loss of flavor or loss of just you know, I, history? I wouldn't say
2: it's a loss of flavor or anything. It just takes the personal connection out of the cigar. That's fair. You know, huh. it, it. It. I, I want to have respect for the people that roll these cigars. Do you
3: need somebody to come and rub your thighs or while maybe. you're enjoying a machine-made cigar? Yeah, yeah I bark. do. Yes, I do.
2: I'll call you next time.
3: What? What? Uh, what flavor lube
0: do you like for that experience? <laughs> strawberry. You like strawberry? Okay, good. Was I was like that hot. in a five-gallon tub. <laughs> yeah. it's still, you know, straight from Costco.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Probably says it on the Kirtland side. Kirkland Brand. It's Kirkland Brand.
0: <laughs> Speaking of
3: Kirkland Brand, we had more, uh, one more cigar to talk about, which was <laughs> the Macanudo Cafe. So uh, this is an incredibly, a very pervasively distributed cigar. You're going to find Macanudo cafes and, everywhere. You know, a bar. They probably have like three or four brands of cigars. Or you'll walk into a convenience store, and they'll be there. They'll have a tin of it, or they'll have you know. Five or six cigars in a humidor that nobody's touched in about, you know, eight years, you know, nice and crispy. Um, So, definitely, uh, I think that's a reason why we kind of picked Macanudo uh, to talk about is because a lot of people are going to encounter that as maybe one of their first cigars, you know, that they have. And a lot of us, you know, that's very true. It was probably one of the first five cigars. Yeah, absolutely. uh, You know, that a lot of us enjoyed. Um, Any memories of having Macanudo cafes?
1: Not really for me. I mean, yeah. yeah I'm not a Macanudo I r- guy. I remember them going out a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, having true. to relight them. Uh-huh. See,
2: I had good memories from when I first started smoking. I was smoking the Macanudo cafes, and they were always great for breakfast with a cup of coffee. Ah. But you could tell the quality, you know, goes down after so long. So.
3: Yeah, and even as I went back and enjoyed one, you know, for the show, uh, yeah, you know, it just completely fell apart on me. Like, the rapper just completely came unfurled and just... You know, I was sitting there holding half the cigar, and it was just, like, disintegrating in my <laughs> hand. And I was like, how do you describe a draw of this thing? You know, it's just like, you know. Like a horror
2: movie when a person dies and you really a- like that character.
3: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Guts in your so, <laughs> uh, Our smash rating here for the Macanudo Cafes is going to be a one.
2: <clears throat>
3: but, you know, I think that everybody is going to have an opportunity to enjoy one of these. And I would certainly say that uh, you should have at least, you know, four Please or five. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, it's a great, uh, it's a great mild smoke and, you know, you're going to be stuck in a ballpark or, you know, someplace where you're like, oh, I'd really enjoy a smoke, you know, and, and that's it. You'll, you'll see that on the shelf and a bell will go off in your head and you'll go, oh, I remember Mike said the Macanudos are good, yeah. you know, even though they're them a, a one. <laughs> well, next up, good old boy, Justin is going to go over some terms that you need to know, like smell my feet. Can you smell my feet? you know not not from here but no, I could it's a try. closed-toed podcast right.
1: be glad <laughs> so the first term is the head which is the closed end of the cigar opposite from the end that one lights up and then we have the foot the end of the cigar that one actually lights most often it's pre-cut except for the cases of torpedoes and perfectos and if you take the wrapper off good luck finding out which end you should actually light yeah <laughs> But I don't really know that it makes a difference. And then the barrel is the main body of the cigar. The filler is the individual tobacco used in the body of the cigar. A fine cigar usually contains between two and five different types of filler. Handmade cigars have long fillers, where the machine-made cigars usually contain smaller cut leaf. And then we have the binder, which is the tobacco leaf that holds together the filler tobacco. The combination of the binder, known as the banda in Espanol or Spanish, and filler tobacco, known as the bunch. With the wrapper and filler, the binder is one of the three main components in a handmade cigar. And then we have the draw, which is how much smoke can I get out of this cigar? If it's a miserly draw, (laughs) it's a miserable experience smoking a cigar. Um, I love an easy draw where you just, with a little bit of sucking, you get a whole lot of smoke. And That's what um, she said. Wait, he said... <laughs> I, think that sucks. I think it sucks. <laughs> what he said. And then we have a humidor, a room or a box, unless you've got a great budget or a store, it's usually Can a box. Can you go
3: to your humidor? <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's designed to preserve or promote the proper storage and aging of cigars by maintaining a relative... Humidity level of 70% and a temperature of approximately 65 to 70 degrees. In Florida, that's a challenge. Once For Once you real. really like your house cold.
0: 100% humidity.
1: <laughs> yeah, that too. So then you have the plug, which is a blockage that sometimes occurs in tobacco, which can prevent a cigar from drawing properly. A plug could sometimes be alleviated by gently massaging the cigar. Hmm. Now, I will say definitively that
3: if you were had something that was plugged, do not dip your cigar in a glass of Metamucil.
2: Nope. That <laughs> will not work. It's a crappy time. No. More
1: fiber is not going to help you with that situation <laughs> whatsoever. Trying to pull it out with a tweezer doesn't work well either. No. And then you have the shoulder of a cigar, which is the area of a cigar where the cap meets the body. If you cut into the shoulder, the cigar begins to unravel. And then the wrapper, or the kappa, leaves with elasticity are usually used to restrain the filler within the cigar. Good wrappers usually have no visible veins. Colors vary due to the maturing process. And then the finish, which is the last term, is a tasting term that refers to the taste that lingers on your palate after a puff. Smooth cigars usually have a short finish. But stronger, more full-bodied cigars usually have a nice, long finish that can be complex or simple, depending on how nice it is. So, uh, we had
3: a uh, cigar to go over here, which is the uh, Five Vegas Gold. Um, Justin, what do you think of this?
1: So, it's kind of a rough smoke. It's inconsistent in the draw. I got some hot spots through it. But... um, and a it will do. Anybody
3: else had any other uh, notes about uh, enjoying the Five Vegas Gold?
2: For me, those are one of the cigars that I'll put three or four in my humidor for people that come over that don't smoke. That's,
0: that's good. That's fair. Actually, it's a good entry yeah. level.
2: Yeah, that's a, <laughs> it's it's a know. good entry
3: level cigar, right? It's a good way to put it, actually. Yeah. Well, our smokes rating for a Five Vegas Gold is going to be a two. <laughs> Uh, Good boy Nathan's going to talk about how do you possibly navigate all this product landscape with all these terms and walk into a cigar shop and have any clue what you're doing?
0: Well, let me tell you, Mike. If you're like most cigar smokers, you must have paced back and forth in front of a display at your local tobacconist, scratching your head, trying to make sense of all the cigars that are in there. I still do that. Yeah? I do too, man. (laughs) The names and numbers for many of brands seem designed to confuse buyers in one company's Churchill size is another company's double Corona. There's no real, real mystery here once you accept the reality that uh, the cigar lexicon is confusing. These are, however, certain basic criteria that can be used as guidelines to decipher the origin of almost any hand-rolled cigar. The parameters are fairly simple. Brand, color, size, or shape. So let's start with the brand name. The brand is the designation the manufacturer gives to other particular on his cigars. Punch, Partagas, Macanudo, Monte Cristo, Davidoff are just a few well-known names, and you'll find these names on the cigar brand, which is generally wrapped around the head or the close end of the cigar. However, depending on the country you're in, even those well-known names can be sourced, can be a source of confusion. Some brands were first produced in Cuba, then after Castro's revolution in 1959, many cigar manufacturers fled and believed they could take their, bl- their brand with them and their name. The Cubans argued that the brand belonged to the country. So today, you can have a punch made in Cuba and one made in Honduras. A dual origin problem also affects Hoyo de Monterrey, Ramon Ayones, uh, Por Loronaga, Por Romeo <laughs> and Julieta, Partagas, La-, La Gloria, Cubana, Fonseca, H. Upman, and El Rey de Mundo.
2: You can definitely tell sometimes. It's a huge difference. It's It's, it's
0: actually night and day. Yeah. Um, And this year, there's also, um, there's there's non-Cuban Monte Cristos now. And you can usually determine uh, which is which by small habano or if it says Havana inscribed on the band. Yeah. And the color refers to the shade of the outer wrapper leaf. In the past, manufacturers used dozens of terms for the wrapper leaves, which were grown in Cuba, Sumatra, Brazil, and the United States. U.S. cigar makers often describe eight to 10 different shades. Today, there are six major color grades in use. And wrapper and wrappers grown today, not only in the countries mentioned above, but Ecuador, Nicaragua, Honduras, and Cameroon as well. And here are the six basic shades. First, we have Claro Claro, which is light green and often called uh, Candela. The leaves are cured with heat to fix the chlorophyll in the leaf. They often taste slightly sweet, Claro Claro is not as popular today, although at one time a majority of American market smokers came with a light green wrapper. Then we have just Claro, which is a light tan color, usually grown under the shade tents, prized for its neutral flavor qualities. We have Colorado, which is a brown to reddish brown, usually uh, shade grown and has a rich flavor and subtle aroma. We have Natural or Natural. Light brown to brown, it's most often sun-grown, and we have maduro, which is the Spanish word for ripe. It refers to the extra length of time needed to produce a rich, dark brown wrapper. A maduro should be silky and oily with a rich, strong flavor and mild aroma. Oh, so good, <laughs> mm. Talk to me. <laughs> and then we have the oscuro, meaning dark. It is also called negro or black, in tobacco producing countries. It's usually left on the plant the longest and it's matured or sweeted, or sorry, sweated the longest.
3: Oh, so good. <laughs> What's it like to be sweeted the longest?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Feels good, baby. Take that. So you've seen the brand you're looking for. You spotted the color wrapper. You like to smoke. Now it's time to get down to choosing a size and shape. In Spanish, the word Vitola conveniently covers both words, but in English we're left describing both size, the growth or length and the shape. Most cigars come in boxes with a front mark, which tells you the shape of the cigar, such as Punch Double Corona, H. Upmann, Lonsdales, or Partagas 898. Great cigar. It's true. As you come to know the shapes, you can also make assumptions about size, such as knowing that a Double Corona is not a short cigar. <laughs> it's quite long, actually. It's unfortunate there's so much confusion about size and shape when there, there needn't be. But after several generations of every manufacturer independently deciding which size name went with which length and girth, there is no simple logic to the definitions. In fact, the haphazard naming conventions have resulted in the the same words, such as Churchill, being used by different manufacturers for cigars of different sizes. If any single statement can be made about the standards of different countries, it's that Cuban standards tend to be more uniform. But then... There is one body governing the state-owned tobacco company in Cuba, Cuba, and it oversees the entire industry there. The basic measurement standard, however, is the same. The only variations are whether it is expressed in metric or in U.S. customary systems. Length, therefore is listed in inches or centimeters and girth or diameter, or ring gauge, as it's commonly known.
3: Yeah. So, look, when you're having that casual conversation at the uh, cigar shop and some guy leans over and goes,
0: how's
2: your girth? How's your girth?
3: First <laughs> off, you need to know, is he asking for it in metric or in English? Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> or imperial. you to be prepared for that. You you're know? not that exactly, great of friends. You know, exactly, specifically, you know, how you're going to respond to that question, you know? It's like, Hmm. Was he talking about length or girth? I'm not really quite sure. You just know?
2: always respond in the affirmative. Do the,
3: do the Canadians yes. use both yes. English and metric?
0: I don't know how to answer them you know, appropriately. So <laughs> so a, a classic Corona size is uh, 6 by 42, which means it's 6 inches long and 42 64ths of an inch thick. But many manufacturers today produce their Coronas with a 44 ring gauge as opposed to a 42. If you're searching for common uh, denominators to use as a starting point for the shape, it helps to know that all cigars can be divided into two categories. Parejos, or straight sides, and figuradoras, or the irregular shapes. Simply, parejos are straight-sided cigars, the kind with which most smokers are familiar. There are three basic groups in this category. Coronas, Penatellas, and Longdales. Lonsdale, sorry. (laughs) A Corona, like we just mentioned, is 6 inches by 42 Has traditionally been the manufacturer's benchmark against which all our cigars are measured. Coronas have an open foot, the end you light, as we talked about, and a closed head, the end that you smoke. The head is most often rounded. A Churchill measures 7 inches by a 47 ring gauge, a Robusto is 5 inches by 50 ring gauge, it's probably my favorite. A Double Corona is 7.5 inches by 49 ring gauge, and Panatella is is usually 7 inches by 38. They're usually longer than Coronas, but they are dramatically thinner. And they also have an open foot and close heads. Lonsdales, which are six and three quarter inches with a 42 ring gauge, are thicker than Penitella's, but slimmer and longer than Coronas. The irregular shapes or figuradoras encompass every out of the ordinary shaped cigars. The following list that we have here are the major types of figuradoras. First, we got the Pyramid, um, it has uh, a pointed closed head and widens at the foot. We have the Bellicoso is a small pyramid-shaped cigar with a rounded head rather than at the point. We have a Torpedo, which is a shape with a pointed head and a closed foot and a bulge in the middle. The Perfecto. Uh, these kind of look like the cigars in the cartoons with two closed, uh, rounded ends and then just a big bulge in the middle. Uh, the Culebras, which is three penatellas braided together. It's, it's it's a really cool-looking cigar, actually. Um, and the Diodemus, a giant cigar eight inches or longer, most often has an open foot, but occasionally it will come with a perfecto tip or closed foot. Remember, even with these classic irregular shapes, there are variations among manufacturers. Some cigars called bellicosos look like pyramids and some called torpedoes look like pyramids because they do not have the perfecto tip. Confusing? Of course it is. Unfortunately, it's it really is self defeating to try to talk about classic or normal ranges for any cigar in the market. Are today. You a classic Corona. <laughs> the basic shape designations can vary so greatly from company to company that they make little sense. Don't assume because you look you like a Churchill from one company that you're going to get the same size uh, cigar with that name from another manufacturer. Truth. Well, uh, you know this. This hopefully uh, some of the discussion we're
3: having so far, you know, about all of these terms, you know, well at least give you a fighting chance you know when you walk in to you know purchase your first cigar we'll talk about more of this right after this break hey welcome back to sip suds and smokes on today's episode we're covering a cigar 101 episode hang on a second
0: Nathan, you can continue now. Uh, I just want to swing back. First of all, the um, irregular shaped cigars are called Figurados. I was calling them figuradoras. I was thinking of a Trinidad cigar.
3: I thought that was a chick that you danced in the corner that, you know, a strange looking foot.
0: Yeah. <laughs> we call her funny foot, if yeah, you will. Foot, yeah, <laughs> or Figurola's. <laughs> if you will. Right. Her so, binder's um, askew. <laughs> there are some other designations that are worth knowing because they refer to the style of packing. An 898 designation, for instance, simply means that the cigars are stacked in three rows inside the box, eight on the bottom, nine in the middle, and eight on top. It usually comes in a distinctive rounded side box. Uh, Amatista refers to a glass jar of 50 cigars, originally packaged by H. Upman. That was developed for smokers who wanted a factory fresh smoke. And finally, there are tubos. (laughs) Cigars that are packed in aluminum, glass, or even wooden tubes, a tightly sealed uh, tube will keep cigars fresh for a very long time. Yeah, for sure. And we're sorry, number three, one of the best cigars around in the tube. It's a great cigar. This information will help you uh, to navigate the aisles of your cigar shop, and it may make you more open to trying different wrapper colors, different sizes, and even different shapes.
3: Yeah, I think that that is probably one of the things I've noticed with a lot of consumers is incredibly habitual. You know, they go back to the same size, same brand, same filler, mm-hmm. same wrapper, mm-hmm. same binder, and they'll smoke the, you know things that way for fifteen years. Yep. Yep. And you know, it's really uh, I, I think that you're denying yourself the opportunity to have such a, a broad you know experiences. It is not unusual for me to go you know buy a sampler pack of you know five things I've never had before. We get like a ton of cigars sent to us here for the show. Thank you all for sending those. I really yeah. appreciate that.
2: I make a point when I go to a brick and mortar shop if I buy five cigars, two of them I've never smoked.
3: Yeah. So uh, don't deny yourself. Well, so we had one uh, cigar to talk about here which is a CAO Gold Vintage. What you guys think about this cigar?
0: Um I th- it started super young and like um like young earthy or young dirt tasting but mm-hmm. after you know the first quarter it started to really mellow out and I, I actually really enjoyed it again I had this one with coffee as well but um yeah after that first quarter I thought it was pretty pretty impressive but the beginning I was I was pretty doubtful
2: yeah I had mine with bourbon um, the very ha- first third of it was almost like I was smoking dirt mm. and y- like you said it does mellow out the more you the more you smoke it but it's definitely one that you'll have to sit down, you know, to let it cool off while you smoke it. Um, just the quality of CAO has gone down for me. So it's really hard for me to find a,
0: a good one. That's a good point. One of my favorite cigars of all time was the CAO Double Maduro, which is discontinued mm-hmm. now, and I haven't had a good one since That's then. like the Brasilia. Yeah. yeah
1: that's the, fair. The
2: mythical unicorn of
1: CAO. <laughs> <laughs> Justin, you remember having the CAO Gold yeah Yeah, I, I like this stick. I thought the construction was good on mine. It had a good hand feel to it. It was balanced. It had nice dark fruits and cherries and some cedar in the beginning, which is probably the dirt thing you guys were talking about, and the cedar went away. And it never got too hot, and it never went out, which is one of my hallmarks of a good cigar. You know it's constructed well, and they did the binder and filler right when it doesn't go out in the middle. So that was decent. hmm
3: Well, our smokes rating here for the CAO Gold Vintage is going to be a (coughs) 2. Well, next up is good old boy Barger. He is going to tell us how to enjoy a cigar. I've heard so many of these points from him so many times. (laughs) I am so excited. (laughs) Of all the people at the table, it's going to be him.
2: You just got to keep nailing it into you, man. We'll get you there. We'll get you there. (laughs) Listen, the first thing you want to do is to find a calm place. Nobody likes to smoke in chaos. I... If I I barely smoke while driving sometimes, so believe it or not, there's a place you know where you smoke your cigar can make or break your first experience. Usually, the cigar lounge is a great place because it's a calm environment. Usually, they'll either have TVs on or off depending on who's in the, who's in there at any given moment. You know, and everyone's respectful of each other's space, which, as we all know nowadays, is a thing that has to happen. <laughs> COVID. So. If you feel like talking, you can talk to people. If you don't, you can just sit there and waste away on your phone or tablet or computer or whatever you want. There's no rules. Um, you got to remember the main objective is to find a relaxed environment to appreciate your first cigar. You know, any other option is to smoke at home, which I do, which not a lot of people do, but I, I smoke in my house, so I find it relaxing. Um, this is this. This is to guarantee a way that you will always be 100% focused on what you're smoking. The downside of that, if you want to ask something, you just have to talk to a worker at a cigar shop or Google it. Second step two is to find the right cigar for you. Now, what I want to tell people is to know your taste buds. If you know what kind of alcohol you like, you don't typically go out from that and try other things unless someone says, hey, try this. Do you like oatmeal raisin cookies? No, I don't. <laughs> then try this. No. <laughs> but the reason I say that is because any good shop teller at a shop, if you're at a shop, is going to ask you questions. And they're going to ask you questions based upon your flavor profile. What do you like to drink? What do you like to eat? What do you like to smoke? And they'll say, okay, well, we've smoked everything in this humidor and let us help you pick a right cigar for you. Yeah, then they'll they'll do this. And uh, get the machine that goes.
3: <laughs> that's right. That's right.
0: That's right. You need the radar.
2: That's right. Um, so so you'll have time to experiment. All you want to do with your palate involves in the future. For now, just worry about the smooth taste cigar and without overpowering your mouth or your nose. And like I said, ask the person there for help because most people are knowledgeable that are standing behind that counter about the product.
3: I will tell you. This is usually what I see when I walk into humidors. I watch people just standing there and hear this, you know, in the background.
2: Yeah, <laughs> it's like all the time.
0: And then they buy a Romeo and Julietta. Yeah, <laughs>
2: I'll tell you when I go into a humidor. I have a really hard time not making four or five laps around there.
0: I do the same, but I, I just buy a Tatuaje or dab it off. Yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll go with Tatuaje, Viaje. Or I, I
3: like how the, the, the person stands in like the same three square feet yeah. and they can't make a decision. Every <laughs> time. Every
2: time. <laughs> it's so unbelievable. Every time. Now, step three on your cigar first experience is cutting your cigar the right way. Now, if you're at home... There are steps you can take, but I'm going to take a second and tell you if you're at a shop, talk to a shopkeep about the best way to cut a cigar. There are dozens of ways to cut a cigar to get different flavor profiles, to get different s- s- amount of smoke that you can draw through it, just just a number of things. So, cutting cutting your cigar might seem a bit simplistic, but really it's worthy of taking a time and figuring out what's good for you. You know, Cigars typically have two caps on them. Uh, Cubans will have three caps, but they'll never be less than two caps on a cigar. So if you cut past your cap, you will unroll that cigar. It's just a matter of time before that cigar unrolls in your hand, and which would make for a bad experience of a first cigar, or any cigar for that matter. And to be honest with you, I've been smoking for years, and I still have this problem sometimes.
3: I still cut my cigars hardly. I will
0: fess up to that as well. Yeah. So, I've, gotten, I've gotten better at it. Um, so when, I think it's Garrett actually taught me to do it at an angle
2: yeah, now. That's that's kind of what I do. But sometimes the, the caps, because the caps are hand cut and put on by hand, those typically vary in sizes. Yeah. So if you get it just right and you've only got a piece of the cap left, it'll just unravel the whole time.
0: Mm-hmm. That's fair. I think I have uh, le- more trouble with Cuban cigars than, than – uh, than us made cigars i feel like that, i'm always cutting them too short
2: yeah uh, that's why i prefer the v cut yeah so that's fair i'll prefer a v cut because i know that the sides will stay on my cap and it won't unroll on me so i have a training wheel
3: device that i uh, really love and say um for your bicycle um for a cigar cutter <laughs> so um somebody handed me one of these a long time ago and um it's actually a cutter that has a plastic on one side of it. So you don't, oh, yeah. you can't put the cigar all the way through it. So mm-hmm. it only puts it in. Um, you can only put that where basically the end of the cap will hit, you know, that guard and you can only cut off, you know, usually like yep. you know one or two millimeters at the most, just, you know, the end of the cap. And if you didn't cut it as much as you want to, you know, you just basically cut it again and you know, yep. you'll probably be at the right spot. And um, so I've, You know, definitely when I've run into people that they're really having trouble with this guidance, I Mm -hmm. usually hand that cutter to them and I go, why don't you practice with this (laughs) Yeah, and you'll get used to what is too much and what is not enough instead of using a straight edge cutter where you're the one trying to eyeball it.
2: And I can't I tell you how many times I've seen people just stick a cigar stick in and the whole hack thing, the thing and they'll off. hack
3: like an inch and a half off. Oh man! You know, like, oh man!
2: Like a, I was at yeah. a Cigar International event in Bethlehem, up uh, uh, up
0: north, close to Jerusalem.
2: Yeah, it was uh, Pennsylvania. Bethlehem, Pennsylvania is where they're located. This dude is like, "Hey, brother, you want a cigar?" and pulls out a cigar and like. I mean, sticks a good half inch of it oh in goodness. the cut and cuts it and hands it to me. I was like, "All right, thanks." I'm gonna throw that away now. I was
0: gonna smoke that one. <laughs> yeah,
2: I,
3: I was gonna smoke that until <laughs> you now. did that. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, the other thing I see people do with, um, you know, trying to prepare their scar to enjoy it is, you know, they've watched way too many movies. And they want to chew through the cap. Oh yeah. And I sure if, if somebody ugh. does that, to around unravel me, unravel too, you know. I you know,
0: I'm just like not unravel, but cool. Yeah,
3: Listen, um, you enjoy that. I'm gonna go over here mm-hmm. and far away from you <laughs> yes. because you're an idiot. Yeah, so.
0: our friendship has you ended know <laughs> whatever movie
3: you saw that move in, it's those people don't smoke cigars, mm-hmm. you know. Um it usually just introduces way too much moisture. Um, it's gonna screw up your draw and probably destroy the cap itself yeah you know where it's just gonna start to unravel on you anyway so no um it, unless you're like out in the middle of the woods and don't have a cutter with mm-hmm. you, that's about the only time I'm going to say sure
2: you can you know chew through it at that point. Well, I'll just pull my pocket knife out and make a V cut. Yeah, that you, works keep, too. Keep a, keep a punch you on your keys and if yeah, you guys you do punch. The punch
0: cut. Oh, so yeah. I just see. Yeah, the punch is probably. Uh, I agree. You yeah, know. punch
2: is always valid. I got one
3: on my yeah. keys. It's the
0: best. Yeah, best yeah. one. So you
3: can tell with this discussion that you know how you cut your cigar is going to have. Uh, Both a lot of scrutiny for people around you, Mm -hmm. but um, it's going to directly influence, you know, your enjoyment of that cigar as well.
2: But now keep in mind, if you are new to cigar smoking, please don't take this as this is a a, a gospel. Please find what works for you. Just because what works for us may not work for you. So in cutting your cigar the right way, one of the other things that you need to pay attention to is the sharpness of your cutter. So if you've got a cutter that your grandpa w- carried with him and you now want to start smoking cigars like your grandpa and he you pull that thing out and it just breaks the cigar off instead of cuts it, it's probably wise to get rid of that or at least put it away in the keep jake drawer. Yeah, put that in the jewelry box. Yeah, so just make sure your, cigars is, your cigar cutter is very sharp because it's very important to get that cut. Next thing on the list is step four. Step four is to toast your cigar. Which I like to do. I'll take my lighter and I'll burn the end of the cigar before I even cut it. I'll burn the end of the cigar. That way none of the gases from inside of the the lighter go into the cigar. I'm not drawing them through into my mouth. Uh So I'll toast my cigar and then I'll blow onto the the foot of it. I'll blow onto the foot of it and then make sure the embers are all red. And then I'll cut my (laughs) cigar.
0: Justin's taking notes. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> with, sorry, go ahead.
2: No, you, what, what's up?
0: I was going to say with what Mike was saying about uh, a movie expectations with cigars. Every movie or show I've seen, when they smoke cigars, they light it immediately and then they're done. Yeah. And it always bothers me. The only the only show I've ever seen that's gotten it right is The Sopranos. So okay. You got to actually have have your cigar lit.
2: Another lit, Cao you know? cigar. <laughs> All right. Great. So step five would be to blow it out. And what I mean by blow it out is like I said, when I don't cut my cap before I toast my cigar, if you cut your cap before you toast your cigar, most seven out of 10 people will take and puff their cigar to make sure it's lit like a cigarette. If you do that, you're in, you're breathing in those gases from the, from the lighter, first of all. So the best thing to do is to take and to blow out all the smoke that's inside the cigar because it will also change the flavor of the cigar. So if you blow out all the gases that are in that cigar from where you lit it, and then you begin to draw it, you'll notice a difference. You will notice a difference. Step six, and this is the most important step that you can possibly have. Don't inhale a cigar. I repeat, don't inhale a cigar. Forget about the way you smoked a cigarette when you pack it and stole it from your uncle. Yeah, we all did it. You inhale the smoke straight away into your lungs and cough like crazy. Let's put it this way. If you do that with your cigar, it will be ten times worse, and then you're more likely to set your cigar down and not go back to it and never smoke again. And You'll tell everyone, this sucks. So let's avoid that. So right away, you just bring the smoke gently into your mouth, feel it around, and then you blow it back out. Let's, uh, you know, you can leave the smoke in your mouth for however long you want and then just... Blow it out because what you want is the taste of the cigar. You want to taste the aromas and the flavors from all three of those leaves. Number seven step step seven take your time. You got to take your time with a cigar because if you smoke it fast, you will not only change the flavor of your cigar, but it will burn hotter and you'll be more or less likely not likely to go back to a cigar that you may enjoy the next time. Step six is don't tap the ash. If you've seen the Instagram photos of all these people having long ashes on their cigar, it's because when you tap the ash, you actually change the flavor of the cigar. For sure. Hmm. Well, uh, there's some
3: really good tips there from good old boy Barger to definitely definitely, pay attention and don't tap your ash out for sure that's right
2: don't tap your ash
3: we'll have all of this material posted online you can go back and read it in probably a bit more detail than we were able to do on today's episode so uh, for that for now
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> well that's great stuff so um, let's wrap up today's uh, smokes episode we hope you enjoyed this episode and if you're listening to us online do yourself a favor and tap on that subscribe button. Just
0: tap it
2: in. Just tap That's right. it in. Give just it tap, like, tap it in. Just tap, tap it in. Tap, tap, <laughs> tap <below. laughs>
3: the easiest way to listen to our show is ask Siri, Alexa, Google, or any of the chicks on your phone. Play podcast. Sip, Suds, and Smokes. Just, uh, uh, You'll be able to always listen to the latest episode on your phone as well. We love your feedback. You can, you can reach us online at info at Sip, Suds, and Smokes.com. Our daily tasting notes flood on Twitter every day at Sip Sud Smokes, and our Facebook page is always buzzing with lots of news. You'll also be able to interact with thousands of other fans in those other social media platforms. Do us a favor and take the time to rate this episode. If you're listening to us on the online, five stars. Five stars. That's a great big help to us, and we get to see your feedback as well. I want to thank all of my co-hosts for being here. Thank you for joining
0: us, good old boy Nathan. Hey, I appreciate it, man. It's been fun.
3: Thank you, good old boy Barker. Always a pleasure. Thank you, good old boy Justin. Thank you. you remember, it's special situations where you gotta tap that ash. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> tap it, baby. You, you know, I think there's a song there that, you know, <laughs> we just I wrote I wrote a song about it. Yeah, we yeah, I'm telling you, there's we just, I'll be writing it for another it? show. Here goes. <laughs> In your Vegas lounge singing <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> well, this is Good Boy Mike asking you to come back and join us for another exciting episode of Sips, Suds, and Smokes. And to keep on sipping.